0: Welcome to episode 113 of Coffee Pods and Wads. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to say 113 or 113 and so on from now on, but I will choose it week to week. Um, as always, this episode is sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focused dream to support your performance and also kindly sponsored by Ollie Clothing, a brand dedicated to helping you in your pursuit of success. Ollie made products that support all active endeavors and create content that adds clarity and convenience to the self-development process burrboxcoachingdevelopment.com will help develop a coach in a personal sensory self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching so you dive into what type of coach you are and what type of coach you want to be and how to get there you can use the code pods for 20% off that and the same code pods in all caps will be good for a 20% discount on the gymnastics course if they're hosting an event or a seminar in your local area uh Wildproof recently launched their coins initiative you can earn coins for recording your workouts or taking a post workout selfie which like let's face it most of us do anyway um for 9.99 a month you get access to ad free recording with preloaded workouts expert advice you can connect it to your whoop your heart rate monitor and um, your erg machine for real-time info which is already cool and um, you can use the code cpw in all caps for 20% off for the first three months and a seven-day free trial as well. Um, and between now and Sunday, just for fun, um, if you share a workout recorded using Wadproof Proof um, to your story and tag the show, I'll enter you into a draw for a pod pack with a t-shirt, um, some socks, a patch, a few other bits as well. Uh, winner's going to be chosen on Sunday. Just screenshot a Wadproofed Proofed workout and tag me and I'll do the rest. Uh, today's guest is Jared Enderton. Um, Jared has gone from wrestling to weightlifting to CrossFit and some golf thrown in for good measure. Um, he's made no secret of his struggles with weight weight in the past and more recently as well while trying to get um back his love of training um which is something a lot of people can relate to now i think and um, we chat about all of that as well as his potential return to the competition floor and how he wound up there in the first place uh, enjoy it, listen share it, and tag thanks a for doing this first of all um, yeah i really appreciate taking the time out this the, this has been long one of my longest running uh chases <laughs> where
1: <laughs> i think it has we, been a while dude <laughs>
0: it was i actually i meant to look up beforehand but i make it like 8 months of like from yeah sure i'll jump on and then like randomly like reminding <laughs> and then oh shit i forgot and then like you know like it's <laughs> it's been back before the govs so it's great to have you on um we actually met um at the games in 2019 you were there with Invictus i think you were doing like a a lifting seminar or you know like a class or whatever they had that yeah. remember in the age group area they had like a setup in there with oh yeah yeah where i was just kind of
1: coaching and running the workout there yeah
0: yeah um i actually bumped into when you were walking in so i didn't do the class i think i couldn't get into that one or something but um yeah no it's cool it's uh you're we'll get into it later on but i think you're you're someone that i'd qualify as being like um like attainable is the wrong word but like so you know someone that's at the who's achieved a lot, but has achieved it from like a Joe soap level starting point, you know, like where it's like you came into the sport kind of like late ish and like you'd obviously done other stuff beforehand, but I think it's a, it's a cool. um, I hate using the word journey, but it's a cool journey for other people to watch and think like, Oh shit, maybe I could actually maybe do a bit of what he's done. Um, but we start off nice and easy. So, uh, is that, are you drinking coffee now?
1: No. So I actually, I had a really weird sleep last night. This is just water. Um, And then I realized it was one minute before noon. I was like, dang it, I don't have time to make coffee. So I actually didn't uh, make any, because I didn't want to make you wait uh, too much longer. But normally, yes. Normally I have uh, two to four cups a day of coffee.
0: Um, And are you like picky? It's Yes, I'm picky
1: in that I do not want it to, no sweetener, no no uh i just want black coffee yeah so picky in that way but in terms of like whether it's hot iced, if it's espresso like i'll pretty much drink anything i do prefer iced for the most part like a lot of iced coffee mm-hmm. but lately i've just been doing um just regular hot coffee in the morning so um but yeah there, i don't
0: i've drank coffee for a long long time it's it's the best <laughs> yeah um have you got a, a like a coffee memory then like something where you know coffee was maybe on the periphery of something where you were someone you were with or like an experience you had and that just kind of happened to have coffee somewhere around the general vicinity
1: i'm not sure um
0: i think i just associate it with
1: a lot of things in my life like when i wake up and i'm when i'm so normally now you know i'll, I'll wake up sometimes i get a workout in And then it's time to sit down at the computer and start working, whether it's uh, critiquing videos for my um, online program or whether it's uh, programming or emails or whatever. It's like, I'm always doing it with drinking coffee along the way. And then right from there, you know, I'll make another one, whatever that rolls into as I go to my garage gym and work out, I'm always rolling out there with coffee, you know? So it's like, it, I mean, it's, I guess it's my always, it's my pre-workout, but it's always kind of just what I've worked and slowly drink throughout the day. And, um I've done a lot better job the last year where now when I make a cup of coffee between every cup of coffee I make sure I have a full cup of water
0: yeah that's the that's the killer where you kind of forget and then you're like oh yeah. why do I feel so weird and it's like oh shit I haven't drank just water in like two days
1: <laughs> yeah and then I'll like well especially the days I would have like three or four like if I have a pretty long, a longer work day I'll just drink that for a while and by like you know, five or six PM, I feel dehydrated. My yeah. mouth's like kind of feels different. Um, It's just not ideal. So I'm like, all right, just make sure you kind of drink up slower and get get some
0: water in there. Yeah, it's like you put up with the water, and then you're, you're the the carrot. The stick is the water, and the carrot is the coffee. At the end,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: um, exactly. What kind of so coffee? You, what What's your favorite kind of coffee? In terms of, uh, do you do espresso? Do you do regular? Yeah, coffee, I have, ice? So I have uh, a Sage Barista. I think you have you call it Breville. I think this Breville is the US version of the Sage. Um, Sean Sweeney has the same machine. I don't know if you follow. Okay, it, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a simple. Like, there's a little a grinder in it, and you know you can froth milk, but it takes like. 15 minutes compared to, you know, like the, the one of my friends got a proper like cafe standard coffee machine and he was like heating the milk one day and turned it off. And in my head, I was like, oh shit, there must be something wrong with it, but it was done. I was like, what? (laughs) um, Yeah. In the morning I have, so I'm actually really sneaky where uh, in the morning I'll have a flat white. So it's just like a double shot with a bit of foam milk or whatever, but I'll always like accidentally on purpose make slightly too much milk so that I'm able to have um, like a macchiato after, which is like a double shot of espresso with like a drop of milk. So I'll just be like, oh, there's just a small bit of milk left over. I don't want to waste it. I better have another double shot. So like <laughs> that's my, that's my daily routine. And then in the afternoons and I teach, so I'll usually have a double shot in a flat white, a double shot of macchiato. I'll bring a quadruple shot in uh, with milk, like with foam milk or whatever to kind of sip on, during the morning in school and then when i come home i'll have just an americano so like four five six seven eight nine ten ten to twelve shots a day um, <laughs> but i always stop at like four and it, it, well i don't think it adversely affects me it did for a while where i was like you know i would be having a coffee at six or seven o'clock in the evening like a fucking idiot and then i'd be like well i wonder why i'm not sleeping right and um, yeah kind of kicked that i saw so it now like three four o'clock is my cut off
1: yeah, I remember my first time um, I was in, well, the first time I was in the UK, I was in London area. I wasn't, I was drinking some coffee, but I wasn't as, that's maybe 2015. I wasn't as like crazy about it, but the last time, so like at the airport, right when we got there, different, or when I got there, um, they kept giving me oh, espresso, espresso, and I'm like, God, I just want more. I was, like, that isn't enough liquid, you know, I'm used to the... Yeah giant thing of starbucks you know iced coffee that's like you know 26 ounces or whatever the heck it ends up being so it's like yeah i'll get that um and then a few of the places were just authentic and like they wouldn't do americanos and i'm like dude that thing that shot is just so small i don't it's not i want to carry it around and drink it for you know an hour or two um where the second time when i went to uh where was uh italy with, with the invictus team there that time around i really like i was like all right just try it like quit asking for the americano just like try (laughs) their stuff (laughs) yeah just submit dude like and i loved it so i've since then that was right after the games in 2018 since then i've kind of went back and forth between um just regular espresso and coffee
0: but yeah no i think like there's a lot there's a lot to be said for it where there's kind of there's obviously um I don't know. Did you listen to? Did you, do you? I don't know. Do you watch um Matt Fraser's YouTube? But he has, like he was talking about it on his his like espresso setup, and like he made some really good points of like, you can change so much by changing one little thing when you're making coffee like you can change the flavor by you know with milk without milk is totally different with hot milk without hot milk is totally different and then like even just how you manipulate the coffee itself can change it so i think like you got so many variables that you could go to you could even go to the same coffee shop two days in a row and it wouldn't be the same as it was the day before because it they might have a different bean or a different roaster or a different whatever so i think yeah there's there's like so many different uh you know flavor combinations and different things they can do that you know you can never really get bored of it like you know because if you just get sick of one bean try another one and it's like you know it's, it's better than water in that sense yeah yeah
1: there is definitely i'm not i wouldn't say i'm far down the road in terms of that and i just have like real cheap espresso machines and i just make the regular coffee on the stove with the i don't even know what kind of thing you caught um... oh
0: is it like a steel pot yeah like yeah. a kind of a, a weird yep shape. exactly i don't yeah, know yeah, what those are called much, though yeah, they're cool yeah yeah that's, so that makes pretty strong coffee as well so. yes it does so that's what i've learned too
1: <laughs> that was the first that time <laughs> yeah the, the first time you know, yeah and it was but I think it was from the espresso that really made me like like the strong stuff, you mm. know, so like normally I don't know if I would like that taste of coffee that much because I'd kind of be used to the Starbucks watered down iced coffee type stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying that. So that's been good, but I'm definitely not. I think as time's going on, I'm learning more and more about it where I might want to get like invest into a machine and actually get something nice and. Mm. Um, but usually I haven't really paid attention that much because when I lived in town, honestly, most days I just go get Starbucks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Are you, are you building a house or did you build a house or, or am I uh, So
1: I, nope, nope. So I moved into a house out here. Um, it's just maybe t- uh, 20, 30 minutes outside of town. It's probably 30 minutes from um, the middle part of town. So it's out in the forest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, I didn't, uh, build a house i just bought a house out here
0: okay cool yeah is that are you still uh is your kind of home golf course is that still on the cards it is
1: still on the cards uh prior to all this snow we were talking i was talking about it with a a couple friends pretty heavy because there isn't much i have to do Mm um because i have just over five acres out here and there's some natural openings in the trees because it is just in the middle of the forest so Mm. just huge trees um but there's some openings where I can make like some smaller holes. So there's some par threes. And I'm not, you know, because it's whatever, it's just grass and it's forest land. It's like, I don't need to make nice fairway. Yeah. You know? yeah. I just, I'm just going to put a little turf for the, uh, uh, for where you're teeing off from. And then yeah. I'm just going to make the green with turf uh, because the forest grass isn't, it doesn't stay nice enough like in order to where you could cut it nicely and make a green from yeah so yeah. i think you'd have to put it, you know some turf on there
0: yeah that'd be cool um yeah i was looking you up so i didn't realize how many sports you had done i knew you did wrestling when you were younger um and i knew you did weightlifting and then cross obviously but i didn't realize you'd done like strongman and powerlifting in between as well like there's obviously you've always got like a competitive drive is that like instilled from growing up or are you like a black sheep in that respect
1: uh, yeah, I would say it's from growing up because I don't know, I, from what I can remember, I like I enjoyed competing or, um, trying to beat somebody at something. And I, maybe it's from like in the first, where it first stemmed from was probably, I, I had a brother that was three years older than me. Okay. Um, so like, no matter what it was, I was never better than him at because I was, you know, I was three years younger. So he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, um and even like when we graduated stuff he was actually bigger stronger and faster he was a big dude really athletic but I didn't care you know I'm like oh I'm still gonna take him down I still want to outbench him I still want to outrun him you know when when I'm when I'm a senior I'm gonna do better than when he was a senior and like just being in the house you know no matter what it was I always wanted to compete or like you know a lot of the farm work we did uh growing up you know I grew up in Iowa just real town ter- uh, farm Type area, country type area. I mean, so we would, you know, pick rock, bale hay, uh, detassel, walk beans. I mean, any kind of farm thing that you can do, we did. But like all, like a couple of the friends that I had, we would go pick rock out of fields. And I remember it looking back because when I go back and visit that area, the owners of the farms always tell us, you were the only kids. That used to race each other to the rocks. So like normally, you know, cause like, oh shit, we got to pick rock. We're not excited. You know, it's whatever. And like, you're just one of the guys, you know, you go get that rock. I'll go get that one. But like a lot of times just messing around, but also for fun, like we would race to the rock yeah. and then, and not just race to the rock, but you can do whatever the heck you want on the way, you know, yeah, stick yeah. out a foot, push them, do whatever. So like we, I mean, I just competed at everything even if it was work, obviously I was getting paid for that, but I, I enjoyed competing. Um, I also did golf. I did football in high school. And prior to that, did track and basketball, just, I mean, anything that I could try to beat somebody at and be beat at, you know, and see results from if I, Hey, if they work harder than me, they're probably going to win. Uh, if I work harder, Oh, I, maybe I didn't win, but I got better and that felt good. Um, so I think just that, um, I think my whole life I've been addicted to competing because it keeps, it keeps me true. Like it keeps me really true to what kind of lifestyle am I living? Am I lying to myself? It keeps me in good balance of what I, when I feel good as a person.
0: Yeah. Um, There's no better sport to compete at. (laughs) If you want to, if you want to really find out who you are than CrossFit, was it your, was it your wife that diverted you into that? Or were you like, did you kind of, I've heard you talk about it before, and I kind of got the impression you kind of not it a little bit, but you kind of resisted completely immersing yourself into it until kind of later on, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I had always planned. Um, I had always planned on doing CrossFit. I just thought it would be later than when I did it. So like I actually got CrossFit certified in 2010. That was my senior year of college. Hmm. Uh, so and I had no intentions of doing it at that time. So I just did weightlifting from 2010 to 2015. And for uh, about a year out from the Olympics – well, well, it is a year out from the Olympics – you have to have made two international teams to be eligible to make the Olympics. And I hadn't made any. So it was mid or late 2015 in September. You know, the Olympics are in August um, usually. So by – it was August, mid-August, late August. I'm like, God, I don't know. What the heck? I just – that sucks. Okay. It is what it is. What are you going to do? And I was like, well, I was going to wait till 2016 to try CrossFit, but we might as well just freaking do it now. So um, I always kind of knew I would do it. It wasn't like any big pushing from anybody um, at all. I just was, I knew I, I just thought it would be after 2016, but things didn't work out perfect. And I just wanted to get started on it. So I just jumped all in and, you know, throughout all those years uh, I was doing weightlifting seminars in CrossFit gyms mm. all the time you know, so like, and I went to the 2014 and the 2015 games to CrossFit games to watch actually 14, 15, 16, 17, and then competed in 18 and then went and watched in 19. But so I was a fan of it. I would watch it. Um, you know, I was helping coach actually a couple, you know, some, some different athletes, just not officially, but over uh, just in their weightlifting technique here and there, we'd send an Instagram message and like, you know, just little things like that. And I was making a lot of content for social. So I was I felt involved in the CrossFit community even though I really hadn't CrossFit at all.
0: Yeah. Um you made it regional twice um before the year you punched your ticket. Like so the year that you went like what are your prevailing memories of that? I'm assuming that like fifth in the total and second in the clean ladder are like, you know, difficult to surpass when it comes to like oh fuck that really happened.
1: Yeah, no, those were definitely, those were fun events. I mean, the Cleaner Jerk was way cooler than the Total. Yeah. Like, the Total was fun. I mean, anything where I'm lifting heavy, I have fun. And it's like, oh, if you get a, you know, for me, a top 10 at the game, I'm like, dude, of course that was a fun event. Um, but the Total was just, it was on the big field. Uh, there was a lot of us, go, you know, there's a lot of us at one time out there. It was just different. Yeah. Um, where the you know the cleaner jerk was a lot sexier inside the the coliseum there you know what I mean like where that was kind of fun and you had heats and you're running through it um, but yeah those the, the cleaner jerk one especially was a lot of fun and also because ever since I did the power, the strongman mainly back in two thousand seven to two thousand ten um, I just I I had been a weightlifter you know I had not done like deadlift even when I was a strongman was always my weakest uh, squatting was always pretty solid, but not always the best. Um, and anything pressing I love, like if it was a bench press, I think I would have had a better chance at, um, being like top two, probably if it was like a bench, because I've always been able to bench pretty, pretty well, but the strict press, I just, I just never do it. I, I hate the strict press. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like one of the, I think it's out of, uh, what would you call that? It's out of a uh, spite. Because a lot of a lot of the questions I get from weightlifters in terms of like, oh, how do I increase my jerk or my overhead strength? Do I need to do more pressing? And I'm like, no, God, no. <laughs> like, uh, like strict pressing. I'm like, no, I would love if you wanted to push press, bench press, work on jerks, do actual heavy pressing. Um, but in terms of like strict pressing to increase your jerk, I just you're talking apples and oranges here in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So I think over the years, because I've had that question so many times, I'm like, I never want to see, be seen caught like strict dressing. <laughs> like it's stupid. You know, it's a fine accessory. I'm not saying never do it. It's just like, is the primary idea in, in terms of increasing your jerk. I don't think it's the best, but yeah,
0: yeah. anyway,
1: <laughs> kind of went down a little different little <laughs> rant there.
0: <laughs> um, After the games, like it's obviously so like, you know, if if you're if you're someone that really wants to compete and has always had that drive to compete, um, and then like, you know, was that regionals, say three times, made it to the games, like had your game season. Like I've talked to people in the in the past who maybe, you know, after their first year at the games, it's like it almost kind of like breezed past them and they kinda of weren't, you know, fully, I guess uh sentient when it was happening like they weren't like taking everything in and you know giving their best and it was kind of just like oh wow it's great to be here like when your uh game season finished that year was there any kind of like anticlimactic feeling or any kind of like I don't know like crisis of conscience or identity or anything like that after it was over
1: I I don't think so um you know a big I knew about a I took about a week off I actually right uh, probably two or two days after the games, I was like, Oh, I want to train today. Like I wanted yeah. to. And my coach was like, no, you're not getting in the gym. Just relax, take a week. So like right away I felt motivated. I felt like I wanted to get back after it. And, um, but I, so I took the week off and after the week off, I knew that soon, not because of how 2018 ended or not because whatever I was, um, happy with my performance at the games i gave my best i the placing i got the placement i got 30 whatever was exactly what i deserved like i gave it my best i was happy with it yeah it was more so uh i knew within a week of it finishing that i wanted to take 2019 off from competing because i think and i only think looking back my mindset was i was a full-time athlete for my pretty much my entire life yeah like Whether Even in high school, college, you know, in high school with wrestling and two a days and college and then weightlifting two a days and CrossFit two, you know, it was just over a decade plus of that was the only thing I cared about, like in my general daily life. So I wanted to, after making the games, you know, there's a lot more opportunities that come, but I was like, oh, I kind of want to buy a house and I want to buy a truck and I want to take care of some of this midlife stuff that, um, you know, I want to do, and I just kind of want to live a year, kind of just a normal, you know, thirty-year-old dude or whatever it was at the time, and uh, yeah. So I, I, but I didn't, I, I don't remember feeling like it was anticlimactic or like any kind of identity type thing. I just remember feeling like, let me take a year to kind of get everything. Um, I don't know, just to live a different kind of life for a year, and then see if I want to compete again. And then 2020 came around. Um, still haven't still didn't compete 2021 still haven't competed so we'll see i do i do think i want to compete again but um step one lately for me i've just been getting my body weight down just getting healthy again just working out regularly so yeah. that's been good for me got a lot of the, the stuff i wanted to get done done in terms of my personal life so that's been good and uh yeah so i think we're on the right track but
0: and it's a hard though like because okay if we go back to let we'll a. 2018, like September 2018, we'll say, or uh, yeah, 2018, when the, the games is over and you decide like, okay, I, th- I think I might take the year. Is that a difficult decision to come with, to come to? Because I guess obviously it comes at risks of like, even if they're, if they're, um, if the worries aren't necessarily factual or, you know, if they're a bit irrational, there still is that thing of like, shit, what if I give up my seat at the table and I can't get it back? Like, what if I, what if I stop and then like slip too far in order to come back or were you so like, did you have so much conviction in your decision of like, no, fuck it. I've had enough now for a little while. I need it. I need to reset. Like, was it like a, a difficult decision to land at?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a, um, it was a difficult decision in that. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it and I, it but it wasn't a difficult decision for me to make If that make, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it, it's a hard decision to make but it wasn't hard for me to make it. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just the mind, the head, the, the, where I was at mentally at the time. Um, you know, because at the time I competed at the games in August, late July, early August of 2018, Hmm. I had been doing cardio again for less than three years. So like I started CrossFit in September of 2015. And by August of 2018, I was competing at the Games. So in less than three years, I was competing at the Games. Well, you know, from 2007 to 2010, I did Strongman, and I was 300 pounds. And then from 2010 to 2015, I did weightlifting. So, and no cardio, of course, in either one of those. So, like, for almost a decade there of most of my 20s, I hadn't done any conditioning. Um, So, like, I was happy. I was like, okay, but... I'm still brand new. Like I'm still new to conditioning compared to all these other athletes. Like that day, de- decade I spent lifting weights heavy all the time. These guys have been conditioning. They've been running, they've been swimming. And it was an ongoing joke because I don't care. I wouldn't get into arguments, whatever, but i would post a heavy snatch or clean and jerk or something to my Instagram. And I'd get a comment like, dude, quit lifting heavy so much. You need to get running. You need to work on your conditioning. And I'm like, you you have no clue dude like you don't think that's what you like my coaches and i literally assess 24 7 is like what i actually need to do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't argue or whatever and i'd be like oh cool like i don't want i don't tell them that every single time i lift debbie it's actually on instagram Mm -hmm. and that that's really um like is not very often and also that my entire day is conditioning you know and at the end of the day you know i it takes years to develop that kind of conditioning. So yeah, I mean, looking back, it's like, God, maybe another, going to do it for another year with that conditioning another year. But I knew that at the time I knew I was like, God, am I going to regret it in a couple of years? If I give up this three-year base that I've kind of built and, um, and I didn't feel like I would, you know, at that time, I just, I didn't feel like I would, I had some other things I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, you just make decisions and you roll with them, you know, do you regret it now? Uh, no, I don't regret. Um, I don't regret it now. I the only thing I do regret is throughout the last couple years that I wasn't committed to like still training consistently, even if I wasn't competing, just mm. for maintenance, just not you know, just like uh, having a better fitness lifestyle in general. That's the they, only thing I do regret. But but I'm doing good now. So if oh, your well.
0: game season was was a hundred percent, like. 100% adherence, 100% effort, 100% commitment. Like, where were you? We'll say 2019, what percentage? 2020, what percentage? Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Like 40 or like less?
1: Oh, way less. Oh, really? Way less. Yes. I just didn't care. Um... <laughs> Is that, do you think that's low? Kind of like, I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, it,
0: I've you never had a, a dog like on a leash and like, you won't let them go and like you were that dog on the leash for like 10 years and then suddenly you're free to do whatever the fuck you want and eat whatever you want like lie in not get up not move not whatever like keep your you know your um steps low like just do whatever the fuck you want for as as long as you decide you want to do it is that kind of what happened like was it like the the wheels came off kind of because it was like fuck it like i don't owe anybody anything
1: yeah i yeah i, I think that's a good way to put it honestly um
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know for exact
1: percentage, but it'd be under 10% (laughs) for the actual, for the first question. But I think maybe that was part of it. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, it it wasn't until the last probably six months that like I realized I need to compete Hmm. because the last couple of years just kind of like doing whatever hasn't worked, you know, in terms of like I was happier when I was competing. Than I have been in the last couple of years because when I don't have a goal, a focus, like I can't personally just go exercise. Like I can and some days, you know, if even I'll train for the games, I could still just be like, hey, let's just go on a little hour hike or 45 minute easy hike for fun. Mm-hmm. But I also need, need to know that when I go to the gym, I'm training for something and to compete in something. So that's just something like in the last six months, I realized that like. Uh, that's kind of what I do it for. That's what I enjoy is that challenge, that build up to something. Um, win or lose that build up that it keeps me accountable, that type of thing. Where when I haven't had that the last couple of years, I would go in spurts where I would, I would work out for uh, three, four days in a row, but then I'd be so sore and whatever. I'm like, eh, whatever. Uh, it'd be 30, you know, Thursday of the week or whatever. but like, I will to start over again, Monday. And well, then Monday comes and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So like, I mean, I would go, I went multiple times of, I mean, three, four weeks where I wouldn't work out at all. I just didn't, wasn't even interested whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's why I said the only thing I regret is that I, I didn't force myself to have a lifestyle where at least I was working out three, four days a week, doing something just to move, just to feel good. Cause I do always enjoy moving my body and whatever. Uh, but it is, I mean, like, I don't know. I it's, uh, like I've had a last couple months I've been back training uh, really well again, really consistently. And I don't know, I feel like you just, you know, I, you learn from things you do choices you make and you just try to do better because of those. So I don't, I don't, can't say I regret that like too much. Okay. It's just now in the last two months after doing it and working out consistently again, it's like, yeah, I feel a heck of a lot better now that I've been doing this again than when I just wasn't doing anything, you know?
0: Well, I guess it's that like absence makes the mind grow fonder. So if you're doing something all the time and you always have it, you can never miss it. Whereas that maybe that break is something that, you know, okay, it might have pushed you back a little bit. And like, by the sounds of it, like fr- from the way you're talking, it sounds like maybe your mood wasn't that good some days. And, you know, it was kind of, I think it's something that is very relatable for a lot of people as well, especially over the last like, you know, eight to 10 months or 12 months or whatever with COVID where like, it's like, I know I found it really hard when the assault pike is in the kitchen and you're walking past it and you're like, Oh fuck, I should really get on it and do something. But it's like, Oh, the fridge is right there. And I'm, am I bothered? Like, and then it's like, I'm not going to see anyone anyway. Like I can't go anywhere. So what's the point? Like, and I think a lot of people have been through those days where, you know, you might go to bed thinking like, right tomorrow now, tomorrow is the day where I really fucking kick my ass in the gear and get going. And then, before you know tomorrow passes by and it's like, oh fuck, I should have started yesterday. Okay, like tomorrow and it just keeps happening and it snowballs and I think like what you're saying there, a lot of people will be able to relate to um, because I think it's so common and I think it's, um, it's so common for so many people but it's not common to hear someone who's, you know, been at the pinnacle of so many different sports to be able to relate to that feeling like and I think if nothing else, I think it might even stand to you as a coach where like, you know, you know what other people you know the mindset that other people can slip into without realizing that they're doing it. Yeah, and that's what. Yeah, that's it's good. it's a um,
1: it's a vicious cycle. You know, mm-hmm. you you tell yourself you rationalize different ways, and it's easy to fall into your same patterns, no matter what those are, whether good or bad. Um, you know, most of us are creatures of habit, whether we know it or not. Myself included, in a lot of ways. Where, yeah, I mean. You tell yourself, yeah, the salt bikes right there. I know I should do this or, oh, I'm going to skip my accessory work from the programming, but I'll do it tonight or I'll do it tomorrow after training.
0: You know, I'll stretch watching TV is probably the, yes. the skipped out. Of.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you keep telling yourself, I mean, how often when you tell yourself that, or have you actually done it? You know, and it's just, and that's just knowing for me, it's knowing my tendencies and where I tend to want out or tend to look for something easier? Or um, when do I want to go out to eat or get fast food? When do I want to skip a workout? Like in what, what scenarios, right? And just being aware of them. So you could just set up your day and your life to to not have those scenarios, you know, that type of thing. So that's just a little like little things that I've always kind of learned in terms of when do I like to work? When do I like to train? When do I like, you know, uh, but it's never perfect, you know, it's always evolving and, um, but yeah, it is a vicious cycle and I don't know in that way, and in a lot of ways I didn't respond, um, right away earlier, but, um, yeah, like in a lot of ways, I, that's why I always tell people like, yeah, I have, I'm kind of a, I mean, I am just a regular dude in terms of like, I have those same battles as everybody else with all of that stuff, you know, like my body weight's been way up and way down and way up and way down. And yeah, I did make the games and, you know, try to do some cool athletic stuff here and there, but like. Um, I think it's, I like, you know, just talking about some of that stuff because people can relate to that and, you know, I haven't been perfect through a lot of those aspects of my career, but you know, that's why I said you just try to learn from them and, uh, try not to let some of it happen again and other stuff. Yeah. Let's let's try to run that back. You know, so some of it was pretty fun and some good times, but like,
0: you know, you're alluding to it there. And I think like one of the things that endears you, I know like to me and I'm sure to others as well was your transformation from like you know, you mentioned there, your strongman years and then weightlifting and into CrossFit. And I think it's something that made it seem like realistic and attainable maybe for other people like, okay, maybe not to make the games, but like to transform themselves through like activity and changes and CrossFit and stuff. And like, you've been pretty open on social media, especially in the last six months. Um, there's been, you've kind of, I guess, shared like flashes of like, okay, I need, I need to sort this out now. And like, you know, I'm going to, I guess, keep myself accountable by sharing it with you guys, whether it's through YouTube or through like, you know, the, the question box and stuff on on Instagram. So like, is it something that, uh, you know, you mentioned that it's it's been maybe a little bit stop start the last little while for you. Like, is that something that you, like, do you ever regret saying on Instagram, like, okay, right, here we go. Let's get going. And then like, do you have regrets then about sharing that with people or is it something that keeps the fire burning, even if it maybe smolders a little bit and then yeah. ignites again? Yeah,
1: I don't, I definitely don't regret like posting any of that or saying any of that. Um, because I mean, at the end of the, like everybody knows the journey, like not ever, I guess should, should say everybody knows the journey, but people can relate to um, wanting to be held accountable, you know, just being like, Hey, I'm just, po- Hey, let's just go along this journey together. I'm going to mm-hmm. post my stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I actually have, I have been, but in an indirect way now for about two months, been sharing my workouts and my different meals and stuff. I haven't been posting the training videos or anything, but it's like, I've been training now for a good couple months. Um, so I have been doing it, but just in a different way than mm-hmm. what I kind of initially planned. My initial plan was like share training vlogs and um, well, here, you know, do a video in the garage gym and do this and that. And I did some of them and it was fine. I just found at that time, I wasn't enjoying that. I just, it was fine posting them. And a lot of people enjoyed them. Um, but I just wanted to get out there and start working. Like I literally just wanted to walk outside, walk straight to the garage gym and jump on the treadmill or jump on the assault bike. Like, I don't know. I wasn't I, just in the last couple of months, I wasn't in a position and haven't been and still don't feel it where I'm like, oh, I want to like talk and between every set and I, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into some of that those training vlogs and stuff, which is fine. And they're fun. And I'm sure I'll do them at some point, but just right now, I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep kind of slowly trying to keep losing weight and getting back into it. And, um, you know, because you just reach a point, at least this is where I always am. I just reach a point where it's like, it's not even a number on the scale. It's more so just when you look in the mirror, it's like, there's a maximum level of like disgust where you're like, okay, That's enough. Like, Oh, Holy crap. That's enough. We got to lose some dang weight. But then like, there's a certain image of yourself when you look in the mirror, that's like, "Eh, I'm not happy with it, but whatever. That's not enough to make you change it. You know, there's like Mm -hmm. a good, there's a medium, there's a high medium. And then there's like a, Oh heck no. Like (laughs) this, you know what I mean? Like, and that's where I, you know, people I think who have had weight issues, or even just body image issues. It doesn't even have to be weight issues to probably struggle, or maybe would agree with that. And just fine, it was probably a couple months ago. I mean, I've been there several times where it's just like, I'll go down, I'll come up a little bit, I'll go down, I'll come up. Like I kind of yo-yo a little bit back and forth, but a couple months ago, I was like, dude, all right, for real this time, like just start working out again. Like, and I always eat pretty decent. It's just the lack of activity usually for me. Um, so i'm like all right just start working out hard again start working out hard again so we've been doing that and body weight's been coming down so it's been it's been
0: good yeah do you um obviously you're somebody that likes uh i know you like your own company as well but you're somebody that enjoys like going around and meeting you know at seminars or like coaching and stuff like that do you regret um missing i guess that opportunity for the sanctional season when there was so there was that year where there was like so many opportunities to compete in different countries and different cities and stuff is that something that like were you kind of watching that enviously from from a non-competing standpoint
1: yes that year in particular i thought was awesome Hmm. uh from an athlete's perspective because yeah you could you could choose any place in the world like i actually at the time was talking to uh uh, uh, Egypt and I think South Africa. Mm. Both, uh, I was like emailing with both of them. And they were talking about how what it would take to get me out there and all this and that. But they're like, oh, competition's like in four months. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a second. I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself. <laughs> like, okay. what the heck? So, um but yeah, those were really cool. And yeah that's why I say for the athlete, I thought it was awesome because I mean, you could peak at any time of year. You could do every freaking sanctional you wanted to about, you know. Uh, Yeah, it would cost a lot of money um, in terms of traveling to all of them. But you have options. Like if you have a, a job or whatever and you could pay for it, you have options. And the only downside was because of that, the exact opposite was true in terms of media in terms of media exposure and team in terms of who, how many people were watching Mm. and turn, you know, when you, you know, I can name so many years just watching regionals and I wasn't even crossfitting. Where I could tell you, oh, the epic comeback Cole Sager made in the final event. He was in ninth. He was, mm-hmm. and then he was in seventh. And then, oh, did you see this guy win this workout in the final to jump this guy or this girl? Like in those five people from almost every region, I can name them. I mean, because I remember the final event, I remember them crushing a chipper, a lifting event. There was so much median buildup to that regional, right? Where with the sanctionals, there was none. You know, where I I remember talking to a friend about it. There had been five sanctionals that year. And I told, I told him I could name one winner, one male, one female. Hmm. And I believe it was from Dubai. And I think I was like, I think Matt, and I was like, wait, did Tia compete? I actually couldn't remember. That's like how little, Hmm. you know, the diehard CrossFitter, if I was actually competing, yes, I would have known but I was just kind of a general fan, you know, Subscribe yeah. to morning chalk up. I have everybody on Instagram that I know, you know, and all these companies as well, you know, that I follow and that I see like, I'm, you know, even though I wasn't competing, I was pretty plugged in still. And I was like, I really can't tell you over one, maybe two people, I guess, who have won the first five sanctions. Like, and that's a problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Where, um, yeah. So I did like it from an athlete's perspective, from exposure, from that kind of expect, uh, for the athletes it was definitely going to be a tough system for sure
0: yeah i think like they seem to have found the i mean probably a bit stupid to say it now but they seem to have found a good system now where they've got the best of both worlds where they've got that you know the the old style regional thing where there's like that you know funneling system towards semi-finals and then the you know the big show semi-finals and like that you know media exposure build up and everything and then the last chance is going to be like uh you know, it really seems like it's going to be like a holy fuck kind of event. Like even if it is online this year, and then you've got the off season where there's these opportunities for events like Filthy Dubai and all those kind of places to still have that like community um, exposure for the different athletes and the, 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 I guess the the multiple earning opportunities. So I guess even now on your comeback trail, that's something that you can look forward to as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's even, you know, I told uh, a, a couple, one of the friends I've been training with, I said, you know, my goal this year first is like, he, he, you know, one of them, I, I saw a few friends a couple of weeks ago and I, they asked me to, what's your plans on competing this and that. And I'm like, dude, my first goal is to compete in a local competition. Like yeah. that's my, fr- I'm not even focused on, you know, 2022 open or make, saying I want to make games this and that it's like, because I know how far away fitness-wise that is. It's just not even, it doesn't motivate me right now. It just doesn't. Um, but thinking about being uh, competing in a local competition, say in six months, that does. Because I, it's sooner, number one. And number two, um, it's a lower barrier to entry in terms yeah. of like, if I go and I get second, I'm not going to be as upset if I go in the open and just completely bomb. Um, And it's good. And it's a good step in the right direction of where I want to go. And if that's all I end up, you know, if that's all I end up doing and I'm happy just competing locally for fun here and there, that's fine too. But it's like that I can't, I'm not a big picture guy. Like it doesn't help me to think like that. Uh, Yeah. It's like, no, just keep training hard. Keep uh, getting my body weight down. Keep getting strong again. Keep doing a lot of cardio. Just keep doing the regular CrossFit stuff and I'll be better. um, And then just see where, you know, just reassess every couple months. And, um, you know, I'm sure in December of this year, I'll have a completely different answer, but as of right now, I'm like, no, I just want to kind of compete locally and have some fun and, um, and then try to build up towards that again. But, you know, who knows what that journey looks like? You know, it's never linear, obviously.
0: I'm just imagining like I've been at competitions before doing, you know, like, scaled or intermediate or whatever and you see someone you're like that guy should be fucking doing rx like what's he doing like this is bullshit i'm just imagining someone at a local competition and jared enderton turns off for like a snatch event or something's like oh fuck
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that is true and i don't i've never cared like i don't know i did so many local meets when i weightlifted. i mean i would do so many not even there was never prize money in those either for weightlifting i just liked doing them they were fun um like i don't know what i and wait, there was never money like at local meets. It wasn't for that. It was just I like to go out and if I was wanted to max out anyway and have some fun and slam some bars, I hey, might as well make put some pressure on it. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, that would be pretty funny. I've done I've done so, quite a few local meets, but honestly, as 17 and 18 came, um, I really didn't do many local meets at all because you know you're just focused on open regionals yeah. whatever because you kind know, of you get, as well <laughs> yeah you kind of get that feeling yeah where you're kind of like oh, i don't know if i you know there's a you know 500 or a 200 hundred dollar prize purse over here do i go when they're they're like competition that's kind of like in-house for their athletes yeah. but kind of not like
0: yeah so <laughs> do you um do you enjoy like sharing because obviously you've got a big following on um on youtube and on instagram and i know you do like twitch and stuff as well like do you enjoy sharing parts of yourself like with i guess your followers and your fans and stuff because i know like there's a lot of expectation i think especially within crossfit probably because it's so like comparatively to other sports it's so small like and the athletes are so you know like A lot of them are so everyday and they're part of their local community and they're like, I guess, attainable and accessible. And there's maybe an expectation to be like really accessible, like where, you know, like you see comments and stuff or or athletes sharing screenshots of comments where people are getting pissed off that they're not replying to a message or not replying to a comment. And, you know, there's that like, I guess, uh, ease of access. to people because it's a relatively small uh, sport like is it difficult being you know like on all the time
1: um yes it can be it can be very difficult at times where um for it's for me it's not online though like I don't find the the Instagram the you know the Facebook the I don't find like keeping a persona. Um, whatever i because I, I just feel like i'm just posting what i like to do i'm posting my mm. technique videos i'm posting my workouts i'm posting me snatching heavy and dancing i mean just ridiculous stuff right like but that's who i am that's what i do on a regular basis is we're having a conversation you know I'm, we're just chopping it up you know bsn getting a little story here whatever but it's like in, in general i coach weightlifting all day that's what yeah. i do what when it becomes sometimes a little more difficult for me is actually in person um like at a seminar where, uh, you know, you're doing a seminar and I'll be coaching weightlifting all day. And I'm like, Hey, let's go out to eat or, you know, to whoever wants to go out to eat, let's go out to eat. And then I get out to eat, you know, and you're just having a good time and it's whatever. And then the, the questions continue, you know, and that, and it's fine. It's like, okay, I know Jared is a CrossFitter and a weightlifter. Well, that's probably going to be the topic of discussion. Um, so that then it sometimes I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, you gotta, like, you gotta stay on, like, stay on. Don't just like, not, it's not even letting your guard down, but it's like um, you want to make sure that uh, they feel good about you, that you have good energy, right? That's for me. That's what it is in terms of like at a seminar. I always want to make sure I have good energy. I'm never on my phone at a seminar I, it's at dinner. I'm not on my phone. Like I, I, I want them to know I came there to help coach them that day. So that's when I guess it's difficult for me is like at a seminar sometimes where it's like, um, I maybe want to check some Instagram. I want to check some socials and mess around and whatever, but I'm out to eat with them or I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I just want to be present with the people that, you know, I'm spending the day with and have some fun. But in terms of like Instagram and all that stuff, no, because also I've also made it pretty, uh, a concerted effort, a pretty focused effort, not to post my personal life to there. whether, you know, my, my, you know, relationships and things like that. I don't update. I don't post photos of me. Like, I just, I don't care to Um, it's, you know, just whoever your relationship with is like, if I'm your close friend, I'm going to know, but otherwise, and that's kind of what it is for me. If you're like people, if if they're a close friend to me, they're going to know what the situation is with different things. And if not, um, I just don't care to share it, you know, and
0: that's okay. I think that's fine.
1: Whether people choose to share that or not, you know?
0: Yeah. Um. One thing you did share, um, over the last while was your your wife selling her uh, affiliate. So it was like CrossFit Pandora's box was, you know, like I guess like built from the ground up, and then like y- you made the decision to sell. I guess like six months ago or seven months ago, it like seemed to be. I remember seeing a video, um, that she put out on you know on one of those IGTV kind of videos. Um, like what was it like going through that? process of like i guess coming to that decision or you know supporting her through coming to that decision i suppose and then like actually going ahead with it
1: yeah um yeah so she was my fiance um but yeah so we that was the end of uh september i bought her business partner out in 2015 so we were co-owners since 2015 but it was really her gym like she yeah. she owned it since 2010 um so when i bought her business partner out like she was open three or four years before I even knew who she was. You know, it was her gym. I did nothing with it. I just bought her business partner out to help. Um, Like didn't take any of the profit or anything. It was like, no, I'm just going to buy the, buy your business partner out. And then you run it, whatever. It's all good. And that process, that process was definitely difficult. Um, That was definitely difficult at the time. She really just felt like, she felt she just wanted out. Like she enjoyed it for a long period of time of her life and she just wanted to change, you know, with, was it COVID related? Maybe in terms of, um, the up and the down of membership and the closures and, but it was already, there was already pre-built up, uh, feelings of maybe wanting to close it like before COVID she had brought it up before that, you know? So the, it was just the cherry on top, like that, you know, that was just kind of the, and then she's like, yeah, let's. I really just want to get rid of it and just piece it all down. And, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so she was my fiance and then we've actually been, uh, br- uh, split up now for, uh, several months. So to, just wanted to make sure I wasn't like weird with that. So we've been split up for several months. We have a great relationship still, still friends. It's all good. Um, it, it, we just decided to go our own ways there shortly after the gym closed as well. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that decision to, is not easy to come to whether it was with us together, she spent a lot of nights crying. Even me, it was weird because I've only ever CrossFit at CrossFit Pandora's box. Yeah. Like, so now that's, what's actually been the weirdest part for me is thinking about what gym I want to go to that's in town yeah. because I, I do have a home gym But I also like people and Mm -hmm. I work from home, you know. I coach on my phone and videos, I do programming. I work from home. Most of my day is spent in this office right here. So like I don't talk to a lot of, you know what I mean? I don't talk to a lot of people. So I'm like, yeah, I probably should like get out of the house. go see a human being or two that'd be pretty cool and uh so i've been thinking about joining a few you know i have multiple people from pandora's box at every gym uh, that i know so you know i i know a lot of them would be just fine but it's like i know when i go to like sign up or whatever
0: it's going to be a little weird (laughs) yeah um i'm sorry i didn't realize that i guess as you were saying you're uh if you share stuff, I suppose that one of the trappings of only sharing stuff with close friends is that someone might not realize, someone like me <laughs> might not realize that some big life event is happening. Like, oh, shit, I've just put my foot in my mouth. Um, so. No,
1: that's it's completely fine. It's completely fine. I honestly, should have given you a little heads up anyway, like on a message or something. But I'm like I said, I'm fine talking about it. Too. Yeah. It's a part of it's a part of life. And, um, you know, I have nothing bad to say about her. Like, we I mean, just, you know, timing wasn't great. And um yeah. I don't think it's putting your foot in your mouth at all. Like it's a, you know, like I said, it's a part of life. And if, if, if a general person asked me maybe on an Instagram message, I might be like, I might not respond just because I mean, are <laughs> you guys split up? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, well, yeah, we're split up or whatever, but it's also like, well, you probably haven't seen a picture of a poster and however long, like yeah. you can keep wondering. I don't care if they know that yeah, type of yeah. thing, but I'll oh, be able to address it like, you know, in an audio and it's, you know, in a format, it's like, I'm yeah. completely fine with it. Yeah.
0: Um. You coach, uh, lifting with Invictus and, um, I guess other, other bodies as well. And you've had, you know, you've got your own brand and you've, you know, you've worked with countless different, you know, either Olympic sports or, you know, other sports about strength training and Olympic lifting and stuff like that. What is it about coaching that I guess keeps you, keeps bringing you back time and time again, or keeps, keeps you consistent with working at it?
1: Coaching. Yeah. I, uh, it's, um, that's been one of the struggles actually of me getting back competing is I enjoy coaching so much. Like I thought I just coaching and just the life of um, just coaching, I'd be completely miserable. And while physically I haven't felt the best and like, I'm like, Oh, I do enjoy working out all the time. It's like part of the reason I didn't care a lot because I just like helping other people, mm-hmm. you know, at seminars and online. And um, it's, it's the challenge, but it's also like coaching is an art form in a lot of ways. And I love coaching the human body, uh, to move. And I, I don't know why I just, I always have. So like one of the first sports I actually can remember for some odd reason me doing, and I still do it pretty uh, regularly is golf, you know, and I never had a golf coach ever, but I, I remember being so young and bringing that club back and then, you know, bringing it through and I would hit it to the right. Well then, okay. The next you know, you're walking to your ball to the next shot and you're thinking, why did it go right? Oh, is my wrist here? Was my hips through too soon? Like literally just self-di, you know, self-coaching, self, what did I feel and why did that happen? Next shot, try this then. And then some a different result happens, right? So it's just these tiny little body movements. And then at the end of the day, you can know what to do, but it's getting your mind to actually get your body to listen, right? That's the that's that's always the fun part about coaching athletes. It's like, okay, keep your chest up, keep your chest up, keep your chest up, and then. Three months later, you're like, dude, yeah, we're still focused on the same thing. We got to keep like, got to keep the chest up. It's get, You know, it's that mind body connection. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, So I think that's just always what I've enjoyed. Just, I love coaching people to move better and seeing an athlete join Invictus Weightlifting or, you know, um, my own company with uh, Enterton Strength at seminars and having them show up and seeing how they're moving at first or seeing their start position. is like a simplest thing, right? Just their start position. And I'm like, okay, there's like four or five things we have, we can dial in right here, just in your start position, right? Like that's a big deal because that's the launch. That's the start, the foundation of your ability to produce power for the entire rest of the lift. So like, if you're not in a strong position to launch, of course, you're not going to transfer your force very efficiently throughout the rest of the lift. There's going to be a dominoes effect of energy oozing out of your body. So like just little things like that, where it's, you know, that that's that there's that many things in the start position. I know there's a lot of other things going on later. Um, And that's, I don't know. I've just always enjoyed trying to build to something, you know, uh, in my own life in terms of my competitive, whatever um, CrossFit weightlifting over the years, wrestling, starting at point a and, and progressing to try to get to an end goal. And the same thing as coaching, I see an athlete move for the first time and I'm like, okay, you can move so much better, but yeah, of course I don't say that at the first time. I'm like, oh, that's sucked. You know? yeah, you're like laughing behind <laughs> I'm your hands. Nice <laughs> yeah, like of course I'm nice with it. I'm like it's all good. But my first thing I see is like, you know, I see what's kind of maybe the issues are, and I'm like, oh my gosh, if we can fix these things, I can't wait to see what it looks like when they're actually keeping their chest up, when they're actually moving their feet, um and then when that look when they do that, I know sometimes that will cause other issues, so then we have to address those. So. Yeah, I, I think I'm I am addicted to um, the building of stuff, mm. you know the because that gives me fulfillment in in my life, you know for mm. myself and when it's others.
0: Do you think you'd ever coach like say if someone came to you and was like, "Oh, Jared, I want to make the games," like I want like would you ever coach someone in that capacity, or would you just say like, oh, "I'm comfortable coaching you weightlifting and strength, maybe, but I'm not comfortable like being an all around coach like that."
1: I ju- I just weightlifting.
0: Yeah. Um, I would
1: help, a uh, games athlete and I've helped some, um, in terms of their weightlifting, but I just, I don't know. I don't have the, um, like with Invictus, I know they've been doing it for so long and yeah. they have so many systems set up in place and so many years and years and years of how much volume and how much intensity and what parts of the year to be doing what and how to really help build an athlete endurance wise, uh, that struggles with it, you know? So like, I just think they're more, I mean, I know that they're more experienced. They've done it longer. They've helped, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of athletes at this point, make it to the games, win the games, um, that they would be better at it. And I also think because of that, they would enjoy it more. Yeah. yeah. Where like, I, I still, you know, I've had over the years, I've had many, People ask, like, oh, you should release a CrossFit program. You should release a CrossFit program. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I could release one and maybe make more money off it. But the truth is, I love coaching weightlifting more. Yeah. I, you know, I love coaching weightlifting and doing CrossFit. And it's not about the money for me. Like, I like that separation. I, that I've always coached weightlifting. I think Invictus is the best at coaching CrossFit. Obviously, I'm biased, of course. You know, like I I worked with Invictus um, and they did a great job coaching me. There's other great programs out there, of course. But um, it's just like I I like to keep things simple. I want to stick to what I know I really enjoy doing. Uh, Because even when like even when uh, we had Pandora's box, I actually did not coach CrossFit. (laughs) Like I would help people all the time. I would coach weightlifting on like Sunday mornings and, you know, I, I would fill in to coach every so often. And if we were training in the afternoon, no matter who's in the gym, if I see him snatching and I see something, whatever, and I'm like just maybe warming up for my work, I'm going to go over there and help them. So I did coach a lot, but not like, in an, Like I wasn't coaching three classes a day or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really long answer to say, I, I know I really enjoy coaching weightlifting. So I think I'll always kind of stick to that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, look, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, so they're all either or. Um, so assault salt bike or rower? Assault salt bike. Um, deadlift or squat? Squat. Snatch or clean? Ooh. Snatch. Um, win the games and never compete again or never win but always compete? Win the games and never compete again. <laughs> Um, a hundred thrusters for time or a hundred calorie assault bike for time.
1: A hundred calorie assault bike for time.
0: Yeah. I think I know the picks thrusters there as a psychopath, like, you know, I'm not asking you to set a world record. I'm just asking you to do a hundred yeah. calories on the assault <laughs> bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: all of those too. the snatch with the clean one's tough because right now, if you ask me, I, I would pick clean because it's way less warm up for me. Right now, the snatch mobility-wise is a way longer warm-up. But in terms of, like, when I'm actually in general mobility in whatever shape, it's the snatch. Um, Um,
0: Golf or CrossFit?
1: (laughs) Based on the last year or two, it
0: would be golf. Long-term CrossFit. Um, What one tip would you give to somebody who's aiming to improve their weightlifting? Uh, Consistency. You need to do it a lot more than what
1: how much you're doing it. Snatching one time a week or clean and jerking one time a week is not enough. When I was, like when I was a full time weightlifter, we did two a days. We would snatch and clean and jerk on both of them. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we would snatch and clean and jerk in the morning and then in the afternoon, and then on uh, and and we would squat in both of those. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with just one a days. But we would power snatch power clean and jerk and still squat and still do other accessories so we were snatching and clean and jerking nine plus times a week um and that's how you were not saying you need to go to that extreme obviously you're not a full-time weightlifter you're doing crossfit but you need to see the movement more your body needs to see it more you need to move more because your body it's going to learn the rhythm the more times you swing a golf club the more you're going to learn why the why it goes right why it goes left like it's in a simplest form you need to do it more because you're going to learn more like repetition is the best teacher in that sense you know of Mm -hmm. course get a good coach all that good stuff like there's many tips I could give the most common um the most common thing I see is that athletes just don't snatch and clean jerk enough to, to really um see a lot of technical and strength progress progress from it
0: yeah um well listen thanks a million um I'm thrilled to say it was worth the wait
1: <laughs> yeah sorry for making you wait so long I
0: know oh, like I'm, uh, uh, I'm, well, I'm glad you're as busy as you are and I'm I'm glad um, I'm glad I enjoyed it as much as I did it's been great to talk to you and I hope whatever happens whether it's local uh, competition or you know state, national, international whatever you plan on doing I hope we see more of you because um, yeah you're you're definitely a popular guy in the sport
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on too. I had a great time.